You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, Sid Talk, what did, where did we go to last night? Stop yawning, we only just started. <laughs> <laughs> is, that the, that's not the, is this the before the before? The after the show discussion? Yes. Last night was a play, a local play of young people. Uh, and our nephew, 16-year-old nephew, was in it. And it was quite fun. It's Every year they do it. It's a two-week camp. And the whoever it is, the grown-ups who put it together, it is quite amazing that these kids remember all this. It's always a, a wacky musical with like a wacky storyline. What was the line. play called? A coconut caper with the K. And you can find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I found other, not his school doing it, but I did find other schools doing it. Because so. it's a package deal. You buy the play from yeah. somebody and you buy it and, you know, whatever. But uh, it was quite fun. It's really fun. I love watching kids. There are There is a range, but there are very specific personalities. There are the kids like him who, it's like he just... He's born to do it. I mean, he's in it. You know what I'm saying? Even when you talk to him about it, he's like, I don't think about it. Just do it. Like, and then there are other kids who get up there and they're almost like staring at the audience, <laughs> like, holy shit, people are watching me. And they kind of are robotic, you know, because there's a lot of little kids in it and there's older kids in it. And I just think it's really fun. Now, we did have our, we have a tendency to, when we go out, to find sort of, I don't know, not negative. But interesting features about either where we sit or the waiter that we have. And this particular time was the air conditioner was blowing straight down on our heads. Let's say this is a massive auditorium. Like it's, it's pretty, not massive. Well, to me, it is. It's like a. It's not like a school. It play. holds about a thousand people. I mean, it's not like a school uh, where they do a school play. It's an actual theater. Yeah, it is like it's the. University no, it's, yeah, it's at the university. Yeah, but yeah. it's but it's a proper theater with seating and and, yeah. and a big what do you call it like a stage beveled ceiling. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not a gymnasium. No, with the stage on it. Yeah. So it has this like insane air conditioner <laughs> in the ceiling, and that, it's not just like you feel it; it's like it's blowing on you. So we're it, <laughs> it's very similar to when we whenever and we there. go to the movie theater. Yeah. It's always too cold. Yeah, but this isn't just cold. We had the air yeah. blowing right on us. And my seat was, like, broken. So it was like I was... I couldn't... I had to use my legs to hold my front of my seat up. Because it just kept sliding... Me sliding out of... And as usual with kid plays, there's technical issues A little bit. They didn't have too bad, though. It wasn't like. bad. They were. It was pretty good. But that's what we did last night. That was not the before the after the show discussion, though. So... That was... 3D printing. Oh. And some guy quit the gaming industry. That was the actual discussion. Yeah, we were talking about Phil Fish. If you know who Phil Fish is, he's the creator of Fez, uh, the game. Oh, was he going to do And there's a movie called Indie Game the Movie, which he features in. And today he threw some kind of tantrum on Twitter and said he's quit gaming because people... I don't know if I'd characterize it as a tantrum because that's not fair because you don't actually I did go back and read it all. I understand. It was kind of... But, I mean, he's a grown-up, and he has a right to just do whatever he wants, and I don't know if it's fair to say he threw a tantrum. No, I think it's fair. Because <laughs> it was a tantrum. Uh, and there's nothing bad about a tantrum. It's, of course it is. A... No, it is bad. Everyone knows a tantrum is bad. It's like you're a spoiled little brat. And, and it does come across as that. Maybe. Anybody who's seen, anybody who's seen Indie Game, the movie, will... They, he paints the picture of himself like a bit of a spoiled... High strum. Yeah. Well, a bit of a entitled kind of okay. dude. Because I don't like... Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's what we talked about. And 3D printing, which is... I was watching some guy print something with a 3D printer on YouTube. And if you don't know what a 3D printer is, just look it up on YouTube and watch some people using one. It's it's pretty amazing what, what they come up with. And the materials now, it's... it's if you are, if you're a Star Trek fan, it's the replicator of the future. Yeah, and I saw a guy. They're print... even working on being able in space to print food from like yeah, a yeah, yeah. like a protein, and that's exactly what it is on this on the early um, Star Trek kids. They call it the protein something or other reorganizer. 
so I, that you can make it look like anything you want, but it comes from the same kind of gooey or whatever it is. I mean, I don't know if I've ever even... I have to watch all of Star Trek's again just to see the history of the replicator. Well, they were talking about, like, NASA, like, you... There's this protein goop, and then you can make it look like a burger or make it look Pizza, like... Pizza, yeah. whatever, yeah. Which, With all the same flavors and everything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I watched a guy print out a... Like, a whole bunch of Lego bricks. And it's just like, you've got nothing... And then Lego bricks start appearing on a platform, which is... Not like that. It takes hours and hours It takes hours, hours. but, you well, walk away, come back, and you've got a bunch of Lego bricks. I'm, what I'm saying is, that is amazing, because yeah. there's nothing, and then there's Lego bricks. Because the joke was, in the early... And we will get to the movie in a second. This will be my last comment. But in the early days of ordering things online, I saw comic strips where people were, like, standing in front of their home printer, and Amazon on their screen, and they'd click something and then they wait for the yeah. printer to print it like a pair of shoes and this was like 12 15 years ago like ha 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 wouldn't it be great instead of having to ship it to us and there you go you could someday go on amazon.com and say and i want to buy this glasses frames and i want to design it myself and they have a little thing you can go oh make it this color and that and weird print it out on your home printer Take it to the eye doctor and then put your lens in. I also saw a guy printing, you know, like when you buy a USB stick for your computer, mm-hmm. it's just like a, a pretty generic looking always, just a black little case. Well, he'd made like a Snoopy uh, in the shape of Snoopy and then just took the innards of a standard USB key, put it in. That's a little more geeky than I'm talking about. I'm talking about like real people. Well, I'm talking about people. you don't want some generic thing. Oh, yeah. You design your own thing. It's, exactly. You know, he, so he'd made like a Snoopy USB key. Which he couldn't find because he's a Snoopy fan. Now he has one. It's crazy. Yeah. And like you say, you could pay Amazon, you know, like you said, your suitcase, the Legos fell off it. Yep. And it's a big, just a piece of plastic. You could go to the suitcase company, say, uh, can I have the leg for this suitcase? And it sends it yeah, to you. Yeah, instead of you having to yeah. wait six to eight weeks for delivery. Or the feet from your laptop that are missing. Exactly. And then you don't wait. They just send it to your printer and then you just sit there and then eventually you get one. They do take a long time right now. Brilliant, but still. So, it is Saturday, July the 27th. This is uh, after the show, number 285. Uh, it's 2013, by the way. I just want to uh, put that out there for the record. The movie we're looking at this week, after the show, what is it? It's a show where Sid Talk yawns, and it's also a show where... <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to hide it, but she can't hide it with me. <laughs> I'm going to hide my mouth being like as far wide open as it can possibly be. So, it's, after the show is a movie review podcast. Um, we usually have to wait 10 minutes. In for spite a, of what you've heard for the last yeah, five I was going to say, you usually have to wait 10 minutes till we start reviewing a movie, but here we are reviewing a That's movie. That's what makes us special. And this is a special early review. This movie isn't actually out until the, the second week in August. So... You know, this is early, and you can get it on on demand um, on the PlayStation or the Xbox, I think this Tuesday coming up, but to actually buy the Blu-ray, you have to wait a few weeks. But we're looking at the Blu-ray release, and it is the movie Oblivion. It's a 2013 movie. It'll be released on Blu-ray on the 6th of August, actually. 6th of August, PG-13. The tagline of the movie is, Earth is a memory worth fighting for. It's from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk, the synopsis of this fine movie. First, so if you watch it on Xbox Live, you don't get any of the extras or anything? No. Unfortunately not. You just get the movie. But you right. can do that before. But it's only like, how much does it cost if you want to watch it? <sighs> it's not cheap. Mm. It's like seven or eight bucks. Oh, right. Well, that's, yeah. that's better than I thought. So that's fine. Uh, synopsis... Earth is a memory worth fighting for. I think kind of sums it up. There is um, a question mark about how kind of far in the future we get a little. We get told farther in the future, a few decades in the future, aliens have attacked. It actually says 2017 was when everything went to shit. And he says 2070 something. So yeah, yeah, so a few decades. But that's still a question mark because. As things unfold, you don't know 100% right, right. if it's the truth. Um, I think it's almost like, um, n- not n- once you get going, but uh, if you think about Wally, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a live action Wally at the beginning because these people are left on Earth, a pair of people, just to 
fix these drone things and then watch and make maintenance, sure that ma'am. maintenance of all these equipment that's going on. And um, then, of course, there is a, uh, a hidden truth, as is always the case of futuristic sci-fi. Right, so... Now, we won't say spoilers, because I'm sure there will be... It's impossible to talk about this movie, because I knew nothing about it. R- I mean, roughly nothing. We'd seen nothing. the trailer. Yeah, but I didn't really grasp anything from it. I right. think I made that attempt to ignore it. But um, not knowing anything was made it so much better. So if you don't want to know anything, then click that stop button. Go and, and watch away. it on, on demand. Oh, you can't yet. Go and watch it on demand soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then come well, back. It'll we'll tomorrow. It'll just be for you. It could be tomorrow. Just wait till tomorrow. <laughs> right. So And we are a little bit early. So, yeah, wait until you see it and then come back and we will spoil it for you. I'll give you our opinion. Yeah. So, um, let me say, uh, I saw the trailer for this. I think we saw the trailer last year, right? It it seems a long time ago when we saw the trailer. And I was immediately struck by the vehicle design because it shows you the Mm -hmm. bubble ship in the trailer quite quite a lot. And I was like, wow, I I like the way this movie looks. Um, I really love this movie. I like sci-fi a lot. I, I love the guy who makes Tron. Because uh, <laughs> he made this too. Because um, I, I like his vision. And this is a vision. This is really a unique looking movie. I don't think I've ever seen anything look like it. The design, the actual setting is very cool and unique. You know, it, it's look it's visually a, a treat. I and, disagree that it's unique, but it is, it is I mean, it's, a little nice to look at. I think it is unique. As far as vehicle designs and vehicle design, yeah. uh, architecture design and the look of a world that has been, you know, obliterated. Yeah, my, I have a question mark about that. Like, we're, in, as they say, 70 years in the future. 60 to 70 years in the future. And yet, and there's an explanation. I'm just going to spoil everything. But I mean, you know, because the moon's been fucked with. Everything on Earth went crazy. Earthquakes and volcanoes or whatever Tsunamis, messed it up. the whole thing. But there's a stadium that's still right up on top of the ground, and yet the Empire State Building is completely buried up to the top. A bridge is buried clear up to the top, and yet the Pentagon is right on top of the ground. And things would be different. I don't know, though. That's why I don't understand. And it made it look as if things were embedded in rock, like it was millions of years in the future. Not seven... I mean, 70 years, even if there was humongous devastation, that was my only complaint. All, I just, I was just like, well, the moon's been messed with. I don't know what I physically would happen. Uh, yes, this thing's different to that thing. This thing's different. But, I mean, if we're dealing with multiple natural disasters, who knows yeah, how it would, would end up? part of it... Uh, I don't think whole cities would be swallowed and to the point of looking like they've been... I mean, there's sinkholes, there's... For the Empire State Sand. Building? <laughs> all the way to the I top. like the idea of it. I love and the I, idea I put all that too. I just want an and I just want a day, whoa, it's not 70 years, it's been a million years. And that could be the case. Yeah. Yes. True. As far as the fiction of the movie is. Yeah, except you got those people. So, I think... The people in dirty clothes, as always. Yeah. <laughs> as the disenfranchised survivors. But, this is... Not only like a really unique looking movie, it's actually a really good story, better than a lot of the stories. I mean, we see a lot of movies, and some stories to me seem, you know, either a little bit lazy or a bit, you know, just other ideas hashed together. For example, I'm trying to think of like a, a movie we've seen recently, a sci Oh, The Host. Mm. It just seems, you know, yeah. it's kind of, oh, okay. And then it, it amounts to nothing. Like, I don't think the host amounted to anything at the end. Yeah. It was just like, oh, And it was right. like body snatchers. Yeah. Only with a nice, shiny outside. I think this is an, a, you know, it's not unique, because nothing's unique. Sci-fi, you know, multiple ideas. But um, I didn't see what was happening. Um, it was a refreshing thing in the middle where they revealed it. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Exactly. Yeah. So it had that, you know, wow moment. For me, and then the finale of the movie was extremely satisfying for me as well. I, like I, I thought it was going to end. I thought the end was coming, and then they did another uh, part, and I was like, 
oh, I didn't think they would do that part. I thought we was going to get a, oh, here's the end, it's ambiguous, that's the end. But they actually went through with, like, a satisfying conclusion, and I was, like, excited to see it. It felt like an episode of Doctor Who at the end to me, like, we're, we're right. meeting, like, the body yep. of the week kind of thing. But it's it's intimidating because you don't really know what what its motivation is. I like I liked all that, um, you know. And while I appreciate not knowing, I am more. My curiosity is there. Like, what actually is it? Like, what? How many places has it been? And where is it coming from? And who's remote controlling it? And I don't need like a flat out. Oh, here's exactly what's happening. But just a hint of some huger thing. Like, not that the Earth being destroyed isn't large scale enough for me. But where in the universe has this been? How many other worlds? Just to satisfy my curiosity of how many worlds there are. Where a this triangle thing could go and suck up all the resources. Because then you look, oh, you just opened up the whole universe to me. Of like a billion planets it's been to already over the last five billion years. Sucking up all the water for its own whatever. But I really like the idea of the... I, like, I think I need to write my own story. I like the idea of how it's... At the beginning, how, it, how Tom Cruise's voiceover telegraphs what's happened. And then says, you know, our planet's messed up. We need to leave it. We've built this thing and we've got we've sent people into this what do you call it they call it the tent tet 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 the tet t-e-t tet oh that was tent no it was tet so we've sent these people to the tet it's like this huge space station orbiting thing like a like a bar cube you said but but a triangle but we've done it we've got this thing and we're sending people there and we're also taking all the water off our planet with these awe-inspiring that I, beginning I know they're amazing it's like, okay we're looking from Tom Cruise's view, and there's these oil rigs, as far as they kind of look like, yeah. floating oil rigs that are sucking all the water from the planet and sending it up into the Tet. And it's like... Or it's going to take it for us to use. Take it for us, so we can go and inhabit somewhere else and take water with us, which is our most natural resource that we need. I thought that was a fantastic idea. And then what it, when it twists around, it's, it's, it was like... I didn't, I didn't. I totally didn't see it. My only issue was kind of the same time frame thing. Is that I'm imagining sixty years from now? There's no way we're going to be able to understand how to do that. So that was my little hiccup too. Right. So you, I kept hoping. Oh, it's not been sixty years. Nah. <laughs> like I said, I kept thinking. There's no way. There's no explanation. Then we get the explanation for that because it's not us. So that's fine. But. The coverage thing, I still... I mean, the architecture and the vehicles and everything seemed very futuristic. I never even gave a thought about the 60 years thing, so maybe that was the... Because, I mean, look at the ship he's in. It's not... It doesn't look... Because, I mean, our houses aren't that much different than they were 60 years ago. No. So to think that anything would be that much different 60 years from now. But then you get that explained. And, of course, it might not be 60 years. Right. Well, it is, because... of Morgan Freeman and those yeah, people. Oh yeah, yeah. They're actually yeah. proof, but still. But the idea of this man who, well, this couple who are a, you know, a, a repairman. He's the repairman who goes on the surface in his own zone because if you get outside the zone, it's radio radiation, right. and this it? zone is safe. Well, he, that's what they're yeah. convinced. <laughs> she's his communicator person, so she's in his ear the whole time. And he's a repairman. He's uh, a man. He's in a very high-tech looking ship but he's basically like going around repairing these drones and all the while we have these scavengers on the surface the aliens who came originally to destroy the planet and they're left a few of them are left and he has to kill them or the drones kill them and we're really telling the whole thing here but still uh, we warned you yeah (laughs) um and then there's the faction of uh Uprises. There's always humans yeah. who survive, and they're always in dirty brown clothes. Yeah, always. I think and they have practically, yeah, lots of steampunk <laughs> things going on, and I get it. That would really be a reality. Got to protect yourself. If the shit hit the fan right now, and all of society around this planet was destroyed, and then a few of stragglers everywhere, just here and there, 
once you were convinced that everything had fallen apart and you're surrounded by houses, you would go start scavenging things and gathering things. And eventually the water wouldn't work anymore and the electricity wouldn't work anymore and your clothes wouldn't be as clean. I get it. I understand the concept. And we're talking but about sunny radiation I want zone. somebody in some of, in one of these pockets of survivors to be obsessed about cleaning everybody's clothes. Like, well, I used to be, you know, <laughs> I've got to, I practical. want to clean everybody's clothes, you know, somehow make that a priority. <laughs> so, yeah, the concept of it and how it looks, I think... It, I was swept away. I mean, yeah. as I might have to say a couple of things that my brain can't help it, but go to, I want to see the world in a million years from now. My eyes and my brain want to see someone's vision of our planet one million years from now. I want to see And this is not that movie. Right, but that's what I want. So when I get a hint of it, when you're seeing cities that are embedded in rock and up to the up to the tops of the buildings with dirt and it's like oh i get all excited like oh this is it you know after or after humans or whatever you know that idea i think they did a really good job of it because while i was watching it i was never thinking oh this is iceland or this is i was oh, like no. no this is our earth screwed up like, exactly i did think that yeah and i did wonder, when he stood like, in the um football stadium and he's like yeah. You know, got met, reenacting the football, and I, I was like, this looks like a sunken, like, I don't know which one it's supposed to be, but it's which the New Yorks. It was New York, yeah. New York Giants. Right, so, to me, the one, it was that, you know, I was never, like, But my unconvinced. problem was, the New York Giants stadium was just sitting there where it was, except it was all dirty and, like, collapsing and kind of in a crater now. Lots of And vegetation. then just a few miles away, the Empire State Building... Is up to the very top. Com- the city's completely buried in right, dirt. Right, so I don't have a problem with that. I'm just. I was just thinking. You know, things got slung around. It's. Uh, think of the end of Army of Darkness. Like that. <laughs> it's just all. Yeah, but that's completely wacky. That's why that doesn't bother me. Right. Well, I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking. You know, in a sci-fi sense, like who knows what happened? It was multiple things. Some parts sunk. Some parts didn't. You know. No, I didn't think that. That's what I was thinking. It's just so... It does make me want to go and look up any real scientists' theories on what would happen. And what was re- really got me to see in the sky the moon that had been yes, partially blown up. And thinking, like- would that really... I mean, because the theory about Saturn is that's what happened. Part of a something got blown... You know, it didn't form, and that's why it makes rings. And so now the moon has all these particles floating around, and part of it's completely blown off... I was thinking, oh, would that really be what it... Did they research it? Like the director said in one of the extras was he um, wanted a daytime sci-fi movie. Yeah. And he succeeded in that. It's not a shadowy dark, like, oh, I wonder what that spaceship really looks like. Everything is like broad daylight. And it... Well, there are some... Yeah, there's some dark parts. But generally, the sci-fi, him flying, driving his motorbike, all that stuff, it is well lit. It's... Nothing's hidden, and it all looks seamless. I, I was never like, oh my god, those things look wrong, or... No, everything looked amazing. Tom Cruise, that CG Tom Cruise, I'm... You know, we've always said, oh, CG people, bad idea. There's CG people in this movie that you don't know. We didn't even know it till they told CG us afterwards. Tom Cruise. And then I was like, oh... And I was what? like, I watched Tom Cruise walk along that thing when he is actually CG Tom Cruise, and I never even thought about it. Like, I didn't think, oh, that's CG Tom Cruise nope. there. Not like Tron Legacy, where you're like, oh, yeah, that's CG. And... That's horrible. Right, so, you know, the special effects in this are amazing. And that chase, mm-hmm. and I know, you, I know you're not a chase fan. No, I, it was a little long for me, but yeah, it I, looked amazing. I was, it, it, there was things, it was a chase that I've never seen. It was basically a car chase. But, you know, like, like you see, like we watched uh, Total Recall, the new version of it. That car chase that happens, mm-hmm. like floating cars. Fifth Element. Right, but this was like a... New, um, not a new hope. Phantom Menace. There is that... Yeah, that one's not particularly... I don't like that one that much. But it's floaty. Yeah, this one. They're going in between canyons. They're fighting with these drones. Um, and I kept looking at it and looking at them. Like, they don't look out of the... They're in a pretend CG spaceship. Yeah. Which is actually, we learn later... A real, they made a real, real full-sized thing. spaceship. And I could see, oh, well, Tom Cruise looks like he's upside down. It, it, it looks really good. Like, she looks like she's upside down. 
And they are. They are. But it's so well done. Like, it's seamless. Never mind that in their house, the sky around them yeah. was actually projected. So they, they live in amazing. this big glass house, basically, on top of... Well, it's mostly glass. It's, it's a, very airy. It's looking. just up on a big stick that puts them, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds so they of can feet see, in the air. So they're on level with the things they need to repair. Like So they're in this big house, and it's well lit, like I said, all daytime lit. And you, you would think, well, they've just put, like, CG backdrops all the way around this house. Well, no, they made this big projection system, which is, like, what What do you say, like, 48 projectors? Mm, 32. Firing at a wall. Well, not a wall, a big screen that's Curved. circular. Yeah. And they just actually project, like, and he says, like Stanley Kubrick did in 2001 A Space Odyssey, that's what the, that was a trick back then. It was pioneering... Now they've gone back to that because it looks really good. Like um, people are lit properly because they're lit from the yeah from the instead actual. of a CG thing where you have to add like a, a fake lighting. Yeah, it looked really good. I, I the the movie I think even if you watched it with the, no sound because <laughs> there is an isolated audio track where you just listen to the music. It's a beautiful movie to look it at. Is. The it's entire captivating. Way. Yeah. Um, now let's get on to the cast. Tom Cruise is obviously the star of this. Plays Jack. I l- love Tom Cruise. It's, he <laughs> can't do way. it. He's not really done any wrong for me. Never. No, I can't. I was trying to think earlier. Do I hate Tom Cruise in any in something? I I really don't. I mean, we've seen him as Jack twice this year. Jack Reacher and this guy. <laughs> um, seeing Jack Reacher, there wasn't much. I this, liked it. I actually got more lost in his character in a weird way because there was just a there was a more moments of. Like him being stunned, kind of by what's going on. I know he's an actor. I get it, but sometimes he's just Tom Cruise to me. Like Day and Night, for example. He's just Tom night Cruise. And day. Whatever. Night and Day. Um, <laughs> see, it's so blasé. I was like, oh, it's just Tom Cruise running around with Cameron Diaz, and that's it. But in this one, I just really, I kind of lost track of it being Tom Cruise, and that very rarely happens with somebody that. Obviously, I know I'm looking at Tom Cruise all the time, but I really got into his character, and as he's finding out things, I'm right there with him, so I was impressed with I that. think he's one of the... Uh, what I think is really amazing about Tom Cruise is he is a really good actor, because when he's like born on the 4th of July is an is a instance of good acting. And then he can do these type of movies, which are special effects kind of movies. But he also was in a good performance... And what I think he does really well is picks good projects to be on. Because I don't ever feel like, oh, Tom Cruise did that really shitty movie. Because he doesn't really. Cocktail? Maybe. But it was pretty apt for the time. like, And so was Top, Top Gun. And yeah, I mean, I think that was a good choice for the time, like Cocktail. Mm. You know, because it really fit. Like it, To me, it's very still an iconic type of movie. He... um. I can't think of anything terrible. You know, Tropic Thunder, it was like a really <laughs> stabbing the dead, like crazy thing for him to do, but he does it well. Like, it, I don't feel like he does bad movies. I always like to see him. I like, I, I'm excited to see the next Tom Cruise movie, you know, even if it's Mission Impossible or, you know, I, I'm, I know I'm going to have a fun, you know, 90 minutes with him or however long it is. So, yeah, I can't really say anything wrong about him. I know some people will be like, oh, Tom Cruise is rubbish, but. To me, I yeah, I think he's one of the. He's a movie star. That's what he is, and he puts everything into it. As far as I can tell, no, no, movie star to me is it's kind of that's kind of shallow. I think he is actually good. Yeah, a movie star could be any. I think he, you know, one of those like iconic movie stars that you'll always remember and will always be remembered because he's done such. But you don't always remember movie stars because they're good. You remember movie stars because they are what they are. But he's actually and he good puts everything into it because I can always tell from the extras he's extremely involved in these projects. Like even if it's not his project, he's just he's just the actor. He's extremely involved. You see him talking to directors, saying like, "Oh, I think." The young lady from Evil Dead needs to take a page out of Tom's book and not bitch and complain about how hard it is. Oh, he doesn't ever, does he? Nope. He and, said, and the only thing him. he said was how hot he was in the leather suit on right. the desert. And then you, see, the, then you, you know. see him hanging from a wire, and some guy will say, are you okay? No, it hurts, but let's do it. You no, know, he said, it hurts, but it'll look good. Yeah, like he's, he's like, <laughs> yeah. that's what I mean. He's like, um, 
It doesn't laughs. seem to be selfless. Like I'm, I'm just going to. I'd rather this. Let's not say selfless. That's well, I'm saying true. I'd rather this look good than whine about it. And we do know that he really did do the thing on the tallest building in the world. And we so, do know that he fell off a motorbike during this because we oh saw it God. in the Oh, God. It looked really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one thing when he fell and his head rolled, you know, that one yeah. stunt where they're real close up. I know that wasn't planned, but it looked, like, amazing. And he and you could see that he was like, wow, that was pretty good. And we're not. I'm not saying, like, oh, isn't he brave or anything, because, like, I know he's multi-millionaire. So I and think, he doesn't have to do his own stunts, though. But I think he... In terms of making a movie that when you're watching it is an experience where you don't start going, as we like to refer to it, there's Cruz's friend. Tom's friend. Tom's friend, because we that's our phrase for when we, you can tell it's a stunt. Go back and person. watch uh, the old James Bond movies. <laughs> Bond friend. And, Bond friend. And it, yeah, it's, there's James Bond, there's some other guy. There's James Bond, there's some other guy. And it's Bond friend. So <laughs> it really changes the experience when that's not part of it. So as a movie watcher... It enhances my experience. It doesn't. I don't give him any extra credit or no, he doesn't deserve $20 million for a movie just because he does his own stunts. But it makes my experience better. So then we've got Morgan Freeman as Beach. You know, he's... Yeah, but he's a bit of a more... He's not just being Morgan Freeman necessarily this No, time. it's quite... Yeah, but... You don't love him. I don't. I just find him, like, overrated. I don't... It's, it's one of those things for me. Like, people just adore him and it's like... Because he's got a cool voice and he's got <laughs> presence about him. But I almost feel like I've had, like, a lot of him. Like, it's, you know. And he doesn't do anything special here. He doesn't. And he's not particularly in it that much. I'm not convinced. Just to, from the dialogue that they put in for him, or whoever, you know, however it comes out, or the way he does it, or that looks like they've lived a hard life, but I'm not... I, I, it's really shallow to me. It's like, it's like comic booky, the the leader of the people who are living underground and survived this thing. It's Actually, not funnily like, enough, the host we watched a couple of days, a couple yeah, of weeks exactly. ago. Yeah, exactly. William Hurt. That seemed more believable than this guy. Like no, they equal, seemed a bit equal more, to me. Right. Totally. But, and that's equal. always like seems to be like a Hollywood thing. Like they're always too clean. Like no, dirty clothes. Too dirty. Well, I'm saying dirty clothes doesn't equal. You struggling know, you need to more survive. like stories um, there's no backstory well we get the whole backstory about how long I, yeah I mean about the characters like there's no interaction it's just here's these characters oh you mean all the extras I'm talking about him no I'm not talking about the extras I'm talking about Morgan Freeman in this movie it's like here's Morgan Freeman's character he t- he's talking but there's no prior anything there's, it's just these people oh right we haven't met him before right. he tells us his story but it's he... very brief though and like I say he's not in it that much <laughs> it's like because he, he they, they get Tom Cruise they walk through you, he leaves them for yeah a like you get to know the woman the red-headed woman I mean I connect to her more and you see her less but her the thing about her is very compelling and his thing is more like a cartoon character of the guy who wears a cape and he wears his goggles, he smokes his cigar, and he's the head of the Survivor people. Yeah. And I just find it kind of, it was kind of... It was the least favorite part for me. To be honest, like, when I think of a movie where I was more convinced... I'm not saying it's a great movie, because it's not, but, um... What's it called? Not Dragonheart. The one Rain with, of Fire. Yeah, where it's not great at all, but... It's not. I'm more convinced about those Survivor people and about his... The character they play, the characters, how hard it's been, like how they're really... And that's Reign of Fire with... Um, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, like, and Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. It's from quite a long time ago. Now, Matthew McConaughey becomes the caricature Cartoonish. of the guy, but then it melts down a little bit. So, I mean, it mold, you know, gets a little bit better, but... Yeah, so Morgan Freeman was my I least favorite. That, yeah, like but a, he still a does a really of... good job. It's just... I don't think he had much to work with. His part is crucial, but they don't give him much to do. I think they tip to around people like him. Yeah, maybe he could only do a few days on set, because it is really... If you had totaled his time up, it's not much, No, it's not. Um, So then we've got Olga Kurilenko as Julia, and, you know, she's from Quantum of Solace. She's the Bond girl in Quantum of Solace. Uh, Russian girl. I, I really like her. Um... I didn't like her as much in this as I did in Quantum of Solace. There's not much to what she 
she doesn't offer anything. She's the damsel in distress. Yeah. And then she's the reason to survive. And then she's the hope of humanity. And it's so boring. That part is boring to me. Because she... I like her. Yeah, I like her. But there was never even one moment when she became, like, pivotal of in any way as a person. Like, she walked around in her... She was a pilot, clearly. A space... Yeah. She had flown and she was going into space to go like, look at Titan, the the moon of Jupiter or Saturn for, you know, just to explore. Yep. So then she puts on her flight suit. So then you know she's she's had this training and stuff, but we see nothing. And they don't... I liked this movie that they don't sex her up or anything. No, it's no. Not like, and that was... I, I was... I agree with that. Cause yeah. Because that would have seemed inappropriate. She was just a girl, you know, a prof- pilot, like you say. Yeah, they but didn't... we don't get to see her do anything of importance. No, like... and that might be why I was like, oh, well, you know, she seemed to... Whereas the red-headed lady, she's pivotal. Not just, I'm not using your word here, but I mean, she's actually integral to the way that Tom Cruise's character interacts with the ground and interacts with the tet. Tet. What's T-E-T mean? I don't actually know, and that was one of the things I was like, oh. I thought it was tent. No, it's it looks tet. like a big tent it's in tet. the sky. No, it's tet. Um, <laughs> Andrea Riseborough plays Victoria. Yeah, and, I like her a lot. Yeah, and, and she... A lot. Do you know when you said there were some things what make you think, oh, there might be a twist there or whatever? Yes. She was the thing which was throwing... I was thinking, is she a robot? She's very... Like she's clinical, very clinical, and she, uh, her eyes seem really dilated. She seems weird uh, every time you see her, and she's talking to this person on a screen. Who, I never it? thought that. I just thought that maybe something behind. I thought her... she was an android. I really did. Like half of the movie, I was like, "There's something off about her." You've seen too many alien movies, right? And and she, I was, you know, there's this saying that she has with the yeah. And I was like, there's something here. Something's going on here. She's here to keep Tom Cruise's character in line in some way. But I don't feel like she's real. I think she's like artificial intelligence or something. But then it's just that you get the ever so hint of what she's about. But she's good, is what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Because she plays... She definitely gave me this weird air, which makes sense when you know what happens. But then you just get that one tiny little... You might not even notice it, but... Listening to the flight recorder from the original yeah. thing, and her snapping the picture with him, yeah. And then, as we know, she's just pissed off when this other woman reappears. Yeah. So she had some sort of thing for him, and it's just tiny. It's like tiny, but then when you piece that together, you're like, oh, that's int-. and it's not pivotal to it. That's one of my favorite but- parts of the movie where he comes to the door and he says, "Open the door," and, and she and she won't. And yeah. Then she, she says that thing, and then the yeah, yeah. ship starts to fly, <laughs> as you might say. She was good, though. I loved watching her. Loved it. And she had the perfect... I was not thinking she was an android or anything, so... I, was, <laughs> I, was I thought something was off. Like, I was always like, wow. I felt like she, she was in her she's element. Cold, like. She's completely in her element here. She's loving this life. She's loving what she does. She loves having him under her... Because when she uses... She uses like sex. air traffic control. Basically. She uses sex to distract him yeah. from what he's his. He gets a little restless. You can tell because he's curious and he wants to know what's really going and on. He's and he's got she, this little man cave. Like, she which he wraps goes to. him up in you know. Well, how about if I show you this? And then it's like you know, which is a little bit lame. But then I realize if they're the only two people, you get the impression they're the only two people on the planet. Yeah, but they're not obviously. No, but um, I thought she was she was. My second favorite thing about the movie. Third thing. And then we've got Nikolai Costa-Waldo Sykes, who is actually Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones. Um, I, like Morgan Freeman. It's not a huge role. No. I, I, I understand the role. But it's not, you know. And he, he's fine. No. Unfortunately, there's nothing. like Melissa Leo it plays Sally. You know. It's, we just see her on video. Yeah, it's a... Fuzzy little video screen. She's good though. Mm-hmm. Puts on this. What's that accent that she was using? It's like a southern. We don't accent. know because it's yeah, kind of. It's like a piece together thing. And then like put, what someone else might think of as friendly. 
Yeah, from, it seemed <laughs> inviting. Yeah, all, yeah. and uh, Zoe Bell, I put down as Cara. She's a Zoe Bell's a stunt woman. I put her down because Tarant, she's one of Tarantino's stunt women. She was actually in Django Unchained. Yeah, um, and she's in here as well. She's a stunt person, but she's actually has a part, but it's not a big part. It's not even that big. It's nothing. Yes, she stands. It's like there. zero. I don't know why you mention her because she's nothing. Because when like, I looked down the cast, I was like, "Oh, she's part of the cast. She actually is part of the listed cast." And the yeah, cast but is like, very small. By drawing attention, then it just is pointless because she's I, nothing. She's actually. I don't like her as an actress at all. In Death Proof, I think she's not very good at all. She's a really good stunt person, obviously. I don't know. Well, I've seen the extras for Death Proof, and she does all those stunts on Death Proof. I can get on the front of the cat, you know. And she choreographs stunts, and she's been in the stunt profession longer than she has in acting. Tarantino wanted her in front of the camera. Um, so I can understand she's a good stunt woman, but I don't think she should be in front of the camera. I don't, I don't like her. I don't think we should even be talking about her. Like, she's nothing to me in this movie. She kind of is to me through the Tarantino thing. But in this movie, she's nothing. So this is directed by Joseph, Joseph Kosinski, and he is the director of Tron Legacy. Um, only Tron Legacy, actually. That was his first directing job. I love his work so far. I mean, two awesome sci-fi movies. Tron Legacy. I love it. I, I mean, I can't tell you how much I love it. It's the perfect Tron remake for me. Apart from that dodgy... It's not a remake. It's I a mean, continuation. Not a remake. Um, the, it was the perfect Tron movie. I thought all along, oh, Disney are going to really F up Tron. I love Tron. Original. And I, th- I kept saying to you, I'm so excited that there's a new Tron movie, but it's not going to be right, is it? it? I went and watched it on the cinema. It had Daft Punk. It had the tr- it had Tron, but like Tron. It was, it was <laughs> Neutron. Neutron. And it had the dude, a really bad CG, The Dude, which I can forgive because it's Tron. But it was I, a really I awesome... I can't forgive it. It's a really awesome Tron movie, I have to say. And I think he did a fantastic job with it. And this... I think this is better than the Tron movie. I think Ooh, this... high praise. I could watch this again. Oh, definitely. You know, it looks so good, and it's an interesting story. It's it's not a throwaway movie for me. It's it's like one that I would go back to watching. In fact, I'm going to watch it again this week with Tom Cruise's commentary, because I'm really interested to see what he says about it. You know, throughout all of it. The scenes, what he thinks about the story. Maybe some insights into the story a bit more from the director. So, um... Yeah, Blu-ray extras, and there are only a couple. There's some deleted scenes, which are actually pretty good. And then there's, like, a documentary. And, I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's, like, a, a decent documentary. It's an hour and 15 minutes long. And it's it covers every aspect of the making of the movie. And it's on-the-set stuff. You see the stunts being done by Tom Cruise. It doesn't really cover every aspect, but, I mean, it Music, covers on the... Music, stunts... Do, doesn't do costumes or anything like that. No, it or doesn't Or casting, or, you know... It covers every aspect I wanted to see. Special, special <laughs> exactly. effects, modern exactly. making. Um, you know, the making the bu- bu- bubble machine. Bubble yeah. Plane. See lots of Tom Cruise doing his own stunts. Um, and you see, actually get to see the uh, music being created. Now this has a really good soundtrack too. Like Tron Legacy, where he had Daft Punk doing the um, soundtrack. He got M83? M83. Which is a French techno band to actually compose. Well, he, the techno dude composed some music, and then he got an orchestra guy to translate that music to an orchestra. And all I can say, it's like truly epic music. It reminds me of the if you've played the video game Mass Effect. It's that kind of sci-fi music. It's very emotional. Yeah, and it's. It swells and it's sweeping and it makes everything feel bigger than it really is, I think. Um, you could, I think you could sit and, like the Tron Legacy soundtrack, just sit and listen to it. Definitely. And it would take you there, you know? So, yeah, yeah this has an awesome soundtrack. So one of the Blu-ray features is you can watch the movie with just the soundtrack. Like, it, it takes all the dialogue away and just the music with the pictures. Which is amazing, because if you wanted the soundtrack, there it is. Um, and the other... No, that's it for extras. While that doesn't sound like a lot, I think that documentary was really good. Like it, I don't see it as a documentary, but I well, just see like it as... It's like a five or six part... I don't know right. I mean, it's just interviews and then like some behind-the-scenes stuff. Right, but it was more... It was less, you know, talking heads than 
on yeah. the set stuff. And, you know, you got to see these guys who made this bubble ship for real. They made a full-size bubble ship. You got to see them transport it to, like, Iceland and then have it... Where, where was the other place? Baton Rouge. Baton yeah. Rouge, Louisiana. So they transport it around, the, you know... When you get to see the, them going to Iceland, uh, Prometheus was also filmed in Iceland partially. It does look like an alien landscape. I think I need to see Prometheus again. Uh, the opening scene in Prometheus, uh, specifically where the thing is on the waterfall, and it pans yeah. along, that's Iceland. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, it does look like an alien planet. Not that this movie should look like an alien planet, but a pl- our planet messed up in some way. Yeah. Like black sand... It just looks really cool. So the, the Blu-ray extras are cool. Um, I highly recommend this movie. If you're into sci-fi in any way, I think, it's, you should see it. I think it's pretty unique. Mm. I mean, you have to have a combination of things you would like, so I don't know. Sci-fi fan, I recommend it. If you're not into sci-fi, don't touch it, but sci-fi, yeah. What if you love Tom Cruise? Um, what if you love the Tron? If you love Tom Cruise, you're going to see it anyway. Yeah, I say anybody watch it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you like, and if you like it, you like it. But I'm really into sci-fi, and this tickled the sci-fi itch, if you know what I mean. Definitely. It, was, it wasn't cheesy, I didn't... Some sci-fi can be exceptionally cheesy and not well-realized. This was well-realized. I, I dig the idea of this repairman, I dig the idea of these things sucking this water up. Definitely. I dig the idea of what it eventually is. It's, it's just a really well-conceived idea. Um, interestingly enough, a little bit of trivia... The guy, the director, he made a graphic novel. But he didn't make a full graphic novel. He made like eight pages. And it wasn't the whole story. And he gave it away for free at Comic-Con a couple of years ago. And it was just like a... Like if you came to see his panel for Tron Legacy, he gave away this Oblivion eight-page comic book. And he hadn't even finished the story at that point. That was what he had. Like how it looked. And concept art, basically. And... Tom Cruise got hold of a copy of this um, comic book that was floating around Comic-Con and immediately phoned him up and that's where that deal was made. It right. was made from just... I don't even know if he was going to make it. It was just like he wanted a, something cool and it was he'd already... He wanted something cool to give people. So um, if you were at Comic-Con a couple of years ago and got that little book, you want to pull it out and have a look at it again now, I'd like to see it myself. So, yeah, I we recommend... Did. They showed it on the extras. Pretty yeah, much. I'd like to see it properly, like in my hands, have a read of it, you know. Mm. And and it has been finished as a full graphic novel now, so you can actually see, read the whole thing. So uh, you'll recommend it. I recommend it. Oblivion, Tom Cruise and Morgan Freeman. Don't think Morgan Freeman's name should be that big on this cover. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray, and like I say, this was an early review, so you have to wait a couple of weeks to get this. Unless, no, you can watch it. Unless you well, the unless you want to watch it on demand, when you have to still wait another week. So thanks to Universal. Oh, they said demand was Tuesday. It, yeah. Well, I guess by the time you listen to this. Right. This is two days from now. Right. Uh, three days from now. Three days from now. Yeah. Not a week. I don't know about the. In fact, on-demand. you might be watching this two weeks from now, and you can just go watch it on Xbox Live. Yeah. The on-demand thing, uh, where they put out movies early on on-demand and then Blu-ray later, I'm sure it's benefiting them hugely because there are the type of people who want the Blu-ray so they can re-watch it over and over again. But then there are the type of people who want to rent a movie to see first. Yeah. So, Or like me, I, there aren't that many movies that I've ever watched that I have to watch multiple times, so I'm not into owning the DVDs really anymore of many, many movies. I Some am. very specific ones. but I, I don't like... I, you know, obviously when you get it on Xbox and you pay $8, that's it. You see it once and it's gone, right? Um, but that's cool, because, like, say, you th- say you're on the fence of whether you... But I think this is my idea to the movie studios. If you have, like, Oblivion on Tuesday, two weeks before Blu-ray, and I rent it, and I love it, I should get a $5 coupon off the Blu-ray that, comes, that I print out or I mm. take my phone to the shop. Yeah. I think there should be a discount on me buying the Blu-ray if I rented it digitally first. Because I might rent this and go, this is awesome, I want to buy it. This should be an incentive. And sure. that would be a good incentive. $5 off the Blu-ray? That way you would have rented it for like 3 bucks, and then you... Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's my idea, and that would work very well, I think. Because I bet there are the kind of people who go, 
oh, Oblivion, looks kind of cool. Oh, I really love that. I'll buy it when it comes out. There's that kind of person. But if you'd gone to the theater to see it and spent $12, and then you went and bought the Blu-ray, they're not giving you a discount for that. They're not, are they? So that should be integrated into that, too. Keep, <laughs> if your, you, keep your theater ticket. Yeah, if you have a movie ticket, and then you go buy a Blu-ray of a movie, you should be able to get $5. Yeah, so off. you keep your theater ticket, and then six months later, when it comes out on Blu-ray, you take your theater ticket, and then you get $5 It would give $5 people incentive, yeah, to yeah. go to the theater. Whoa. We just worked oh, out some magic. We just solved all their problems. <laughs> So, because chances are, the plan is, I'm going to go to the theater, I'll save my ticket, and I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray no matter what. And I'm going to on-demand But it then too. you lose the ticket in the process, just like a coupon in right. the newspaper. They put them out there hoping nobody uses them. Yep. So. Yeah. Genius. So, um, if you want to enter a contest this week, I've got a few going on. Just go to aschoolie.com. You can win some Blu-rays. Um, and win some Blu-rays. Is this like a weightlifting contest? Or pissing contest? Yeah, all of those. All of the above. <laughs> Um, and next week's Blu-ray review will be Danny Boyle's Trance. Um, I'm always excited when a new Danny Boyle movie comes out. Uh, what was the last Danny Boyle movie we saw? Don't remember. 127 Hours. Okay. Was it? Yeah, it probably remember. was. James Franco. That was that was pretty good. Uh, what I like about Danny Boyle is you never know what's coming next. Correct. Always a different experience. Um, oh, neighbors are on his motorcycle. Yes, Mr. Boss Hog. Or whatever you call him. The hog. That's what they call that, isn't it? The okay. Harley Davidson. Uh, yeah, our next door neighbor who's like, to me, looks like the least person who would have a Harley Davidson motorbike. Motorcycle are you super professional? Well, he looks like um, Mr. Sports, sit on the couch, sportsman. SUV, which he also has. Escalade. Yeah. yeah. And then he has an Harley Davidson now. And... What's great about his Harley? Is it Harley Davidson? It is Harley. I had a look at it because he had it parked on there. I only hear it at 7 a.m. Yeah. every day. I was going to say, what's great about it is at 7 a.m. every day, including weekends, he fires it up, leaves it revving for a little bit, then leaves. And our thing is we share a driveway. Our driveway is a T driveway, so you, it's real extra wide. The whole space between our houses is cement, and so, then behind, and then it tees off to our separate garages, and so his... He comes right under our bedroom window. So when he starts it up, uh, and you know how, a, if you've ever heard a Harley Davidson, it's very deep and throaty and bass low. You can really hear it, can't you? And I've woke up quite a few times this week just because of it. Every day. Yeah, and then gone back to sleep pretty quickly, but still, I've woke up because of it. I haven't. You better tell him. <laughs> I can't make a person not ride You need to push your motorcycle out. At least, like you said, though, it doesn't sit there and like... No, but in, I was going to say in winter, maybe you will, but I doubt he'll ride it in winter. He'll be in his Escalade that money. Correct. Or he'll leave the Escalade running for an hour. Yeah, he does that, doesn't he? <laughs> Everyone want to know about our neighbors? <laughs> All right, so new movie game. It's not new movie game. Is that new? Say Quit saying that. Or do you just say it now as tradition? Yeah. Movie year. We play a movie game at this section of the podcast where... We say a movie, and you have to guess the year. You can guess along at home if you want, but... Oh, we're not guessing. I've made that very clear. Right. You have to use your brain and think about it. All right, do mine first, then. I have to look again, but I'm pretty oh, sure I know what it is. I'm gonna, I, know, I know what it is, but I don't know the year. It is the movie, and this is an easy one. You're going to guess it right off the bat. Inception. 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 Spell Inception. I N C E P T. Inception would be. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, 2010. Are you sure? Yeah. What? What? Based on what? Just what I'm thinking in my head. Like when I, when I saw it. That's correct. Nice. <laughs> I know it was an easy one, but I was going. I'm going off the. All right, mine's based on um, high concept sci-fi movies like Oblivion. And this one is War of the Worlds. And I'm not talking about the Spielberg one with Tom Cruise. I'm talking about the other one. Original? Yeah. Mm, I mean, I should have given you the Spielberg 1955. Very close. 1953. I was going to say seven, so I would have been further I I was going to give you the Spielberg one, but it seemed too easy. So I went for the other War of the Worlds. I don't know the Spielberg one. I'm I'm not going to give you the case I want to give you. 2006. Probably pretty close. <laughs> I don't know. That was a guess. But the 50, 50s one, I know. 39, I think, is when it was on the radio. Yeah. Something like that. I like both versions, actually. I really do. I, I, I think I like it more now, and I've seen it a couple more times. 
I just I think it's a compelling. Plus, it has Tom Cruise. Creepy, yeah. That's what he said on one of the extras, didn't he? I've not really done sci-fi for a while. It was I did it last time with Spielberg. Yeah, which is quite. A t- I think you should count Mission Impossible as science fiction sometimes. Mm. You know, it's a mix. It's kind of techno. Mm. What's okay? Techno fiction. <gasps> I've invented a new genre: techno fiction. If it's now, but it's real techy and weird. I don't like it. <laughs> okay, then. Never mind, movie industry. Ditch that Please idea. Please, use his idea to save your industry, but ditch my idea. Correct. Fine. I'm going to go bath him now. All right, games and A-Scully stuff. Um, <laughs> there's not a lot of stuff this week, to be honest, but got a couple of things. There's a... Just to... All the people who use Windows 8, and that's about three of you, maybe four... Um, there's a new game came out this week, and I bet nobody knows, but it's a little game called Halo Spartan Assault, which is like a, a new entry in the Halo franchise. Now, Microsoft put out a new Halo game without really mentioning it to anybody, and it's only for Windows 8 users, which seems really odd to me, because, as you know, Windows 8's not been selling particularly well. well that's have- not odd, then. They should have put it on Windows 7 as nope. well. Nope, that makes people want to go get Windows 8 then. If they're if you're a Halo freak and yeah. you can play that game, you're going to go buy a Windows True. 8. True. That's now, what it's for. So, how you actually procure this game is you go... If you're on Windows 8, which I am, you press your Windows key, and there's a little store on the start menu. It says store. Go in the store, and right on the front page is Halo Spartan Assault, the brand new Halo game. You click it, and it asks for your password, your Xbox Live password, and then it says that it's $6.99, and then you pay the $6.99, and you get the game. Now, what happened for me, and I have no idea why, is I entered my password, it said Halo, $6.99, I pressed OK, and then Halo appeared on my Windows 8 machine. And Are I, you sure you haven't put details? You've had to have put details no, in there. I put no, de- I've got no payment detail, I only use Microsoft Points. So, uh. and it didn't take any Microsoft points from me because I, I read later that Windows 8 Store doesn't use Microsoft points, only money. And I have no credit card details in there at all. So it gave me the full game because I've been playing it for a, for a day Anyone and a half. Anyone who works for Microsoft, stop listening now. Right. Now, I don't know if this is bad or good. I don't know if it's just free right now, like, like as a promo. Like if you've got Windows 8, they're just giving it away free. I couldn't find any details. I couldn't find any reviews on this game. It's like it doesn't exist. And let me just say, it's a really good game. Now, it's actually made... And you're not a Halo person. No, and it's... You know why I like it? Because it's not a first-person shooter. It's a above... The camera's above, which has never been done in a Halo game. Well, it has. Halo was, which was an RTS game like StarCraft. But this is a shooter, but from above. So, think Diablo or... Yeah, Diablo, I guess, with guns. So you, everything's from above, but it's kind of 3D-ish, like a, like isometric view. And the different missions are you have to like hold, like you're at a base and enemies are coming and you have to hold out for a minute. Or you have to get in one of the famous Halo Warthogs and drive across the map and find a relic and you'll be getting dealt with from enemies all over the place. Um and it, what it's made for, because it's made for Windows 8, so it's actually made for touch devices. So it's made for the Windows tablet, so you can play it with your finger. The whole thing's touchscreen based. But on the PC version, it uses mouse and keys as well. There is no option to use an Xbox 360 controller, which seems a bit odd. Yeah. At all. So you have to use mouse and keys. So it's WASD to move and your mouse to aim and shoot. Which seems really awkward, but it's not after you've been playing it for a while. It's my favourite Halo game. I think it's a really good game. Why they haven't marketed it that much, I, I don't know. And I tried to find a review. I found one review from Destructoid. I went on YouTube looking for Let's Play videos, like people who maybe Halo fans who, who put up a video of it. I can't find anything. It's like it doesn't exist. It does exist. I've been playing it for the last two days. It has Xbox Live achievements, so it ties into Xbox Live. Um, and it was free for me, but really it's six ninety nine, which isn't a lot of money for a Halo game. I'd recommend it for that price. 
But if you've got Windows 8, go and log on now and click it. Maybe you'll get it for free. I don't actually know what the deal is. If it's free, it's cool. If it's six ninety nine, it's also cool because that's nothing for a Halo no. game. And it's I'm not talking like a cheap Halo game. It's got full cinematics, really awesome CG cinematics. The music, the epic music, it's just a different style of Halo game. So that came out this week. Um, and that's it, really. Uh, oh, one more thing. Android tablets, and I have a Google Nexus 7. The Android 4.3 update came out. Now, what is, what's supposed to happen is you it just auto-updates itself and you get the new operating system. That actually hasn't worked with the Nexus 7. There's nobody reporting they've had the new... But you can actually go and download manually the update and apply it yourself. It does take a little bit of tinkering. I had to bring up a DOS window and plug in a USB cable. It was kind of a bit scary. You saw me doing it, actually. Mm-hmm. Actually, on the tablet, like you get a picture of an Android with his belly open and like a spanner inside it, like on the screen. And it's like, oh, I'm actually doing surgery to my tablet. Um, so it is a bit scary, but you can update right now. And I just want to say the update to Android 4.3, from 4.2 to 4.3... I can't actually see much difference apart from the so number. So there's no point. No, I would probably wait until the till they throw you the update over the air. Um, and that's it for my stuff this week. Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Uh, French fries. Some. What did I put on there? The sausage, like not sausage. Morning, Morning star, star maple sausage. Yeah, on a bun. Pate. On a bun, not pate. Patties. Right. <laughs> Sausage pate would be a completely different thing. Right. And some vegetables with some garlic sauce. You're making And it. some, yes. And then some zucchini, as I've been hooked on lately, is buying a big zucchini, slicing it, putting it in the skillet with just some earth balance. I keep forgetting to buy olive oil. Salt and pepper, a little bit of curry powder, of course. And letting it cook really slow until it's nice and brown and like a lot of liquid comes out. Anyone who cooks zucchini knows it can be very... Like um, that squishy thing that you hate, but if you cook it long enough, yeah, it's better. Oh my god, it's so delicious! I and one big zucchini is like perfect for. I really products. hate vegetables that squeak on my. There'll teeth. be some squeaky ones probably in the mixed vegetables. I can't bear it at all. <laughs> um, gr- snap peas is it? Green yeah, green beans. Green beans. I can barely eat them. If if it squeaks against my teeth, it's like a, it's like chalk on a blackboard. What is it? Nails on a blackboard. Yeah. I can't bear it. It's like my head's going to explode. I can't deal with it. Like so. me with listening to people chew or make noises with their mouth. I get it. All right. Or so, listen to my own self-chew, even. It's getting really bad. And what's your advice? I don't have any advice today. I couldn't think of anything. Um, my advice is watch Oblivion with Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's not advice. That's movie advice. I will say my advice is... Um, okay, I did a bunch of projects for my mother... This week, she's been here. She's doing a little art show at her museum, or she's a historical society, something or other. And so she needed a big banner, and I painted that. And she needed to close an open sign for her friend who's opening a little, like a antique shop. And then design a little, little cards for all the artwork. And then design a little sheet for checkoff and blah, blah, blah. You know, all these different little things. And she kept saying, oh, I know it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And she doesn't even mean it. She just says it. She knows it's not work to me. I- I'll do that stuff 24-7. I love it. So my advice is, everybody stop bitching about how hard things are, how much work things are, like side projects. If you're helping your school with the play, your kids play, oh, just oh, so take so much time, and we've got to go build the set, and uh, I get sick of listening to people bitch about their side projects. Don't do it, right? Or shut up about it. There's my advice. It's not work. If you think it's work, then you're really bad at it. So don't do it. Like. Let somebody else do the creative stuff. Someone like me who is like, you could say to me, and we need 10 band now if it's a time crunch. It's still not work. It's just a time crunch. It's not a burden. If you volunteer yourself to do something, it isn't work. So stop saying it is. It's a fun project. If you feel obligated and burdened by a project, that's your own fault. Just don't do it or don't complain about it. And let me uh, say before we go, I forgot the movie recommendations, so mm. let's do them here. <laughs> Mine are... Oh, yeah, I didn't realize. I want to recommend some movies for you this week. 
based on high concept sci-fi. Number one, Tron Legacy. Shocking. Number two, Contact with Jodie Foster, Mm. which is... What I really like about that movie is it seems like one thing and then it's really yeah. ban- it actually is really bananas towards it, it like, is yeah the concept is crazy um, you don't see that coming and it's really mm. whoa like it threw me completely yeah so I think I think it still holds up it's what 12 13 yeah. years old and my old. recommendation would be number one write your story that's not a movie that's not a movie I'm saying write a story I want to see a certain kind of sci-fi movie story graphic novel I can draw why don't I draw my own story you know what I mean so there's my one one recommendation and my other ones are oh yeah I've been watching very cheery <laughs> documentaries actual documentary series on Netflix they're not really cheery one is The Dust Bowl and one is Prohibition and they're both Ken Burns presents or whatever I don't even know who Ken Burns is but they're both voiced by your man, Peter Coyote. Peter Coyote. Loads of pictures, hey, history that I don't know. Even as an American, I don't. I've never heard the words. I've heard the phrase "the Dust Bowl," and I know my grandparents talked about the Depression, and you hear all these stories. But I actually didn't know. I learned more from these two documentaries about Prohibition and the Dust Bowl, about my American history than I ever did in school on these subjects. And other, you know, peripheral things start to emerge from what you learn about corporations, the Industrial Revolution, the tail end of it, capitalism, blah, blah, blah. So um, those are my recommendations. Or oh, any PBS documentaries on Netflix, you're going you're gonna to... And before we sign out, look at the cover for Oblivion. Think of the awesome imagery in that movie. I know. Look at what they did for the cover. I know, it's awful. You could have had the bubble ship. It's just so boring. Like a... Or, like, one of the... You know, what I was thinking for the cover, if they want this white theme which they've used, all they've done, though, is put Morgan Freeman and um, Tom Cruise on the cover. The cover could have been the bubble ship, I was thinking, but, like, a... What do you call it? A blueprint drawing of the bubble ship. Oh, yeah. It would have looked really cool with Oblivion, but, no, they chose the... Stars of the show. And... To have Morgan Freeman on there, I, I... Not even the stars of the show. There's no, <laughs> no woman on there, no. and the two women are, like, named and, and key. Yeah, I don't... That's a really bad cover, in my we opinion. We do not approve. No. I could have made a better cover for you myself. So, advice uh, done. Yeah. Cover complaining yeah. done. Yeah. I want to remind you about our website, sayschooly.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. And thanks to all the people who are joining our Facebook group that I don't really mess with much, but still, it's good to have people So you don't tell them that. That sounds like you don't give a shit. Um, well, all I do is post... Um, right. The link to the podcast, which I assume you can get elsewhere. Well, you can. You don't probably don't do that. Do it. Yeah, but if you're on Facebook a lot and it pops up, there you go. You click it. You listen. Um, You can catch us on all the social networks. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyay dot com, but don't email Sid Talk. She does not want your feedback. Uh, You can catch the podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Aschoolyay dot com. Click on the word podcast. It's not because I'm sensitive about feedback. It's because I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> and um, stay classy, Mr. Tom Cruise. Second movie I've seen this year with Tom Cruise. Both I have liked. And I'm going to say think for yourselves, because if you don't, someone in a big tent is doing it for you. <laughs> <laughs>